Yeah, hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to urge in the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to urge in the Channelized Bimbingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever the mission, home or away, Enterprise helps over 120,000 people every day. With vans of all shapes and sizes, if you have a plan, Enterprise has a van. No matter if you need to rent for an hour, a day, a week or longer, Enterprise offers great rates for you or your business. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, happy Wednesday and welcome to yet another Andy Goldstein's TalkSport Daily podcast with me, your host, with the Alice, but still got the Alice Bandit, Andy Goldstein. And we start with Simon Jordan on White and Sawyer. And after Jack Grealish has finally been called up to the England squad, hurrah for the first time, Simon urged Gareth Southgate to play him in position or risk showing him up on the international stage. I don't actually know what that link means, but let's have a listen to what Simon, Katie Price's ex-husband, has to say about it. He plays for his club in a certain role, yet Gareth Southgate wants him to play in a different role for England. And that's often been, I think, the graveyard of many a footballer where they've played successfully in a certain role for their club. Ian Wright, specifically for England, played down the centre for Arsenal, but played wide left for England. And I think it was interesting that Southgate talked about Grealish in these terms. He's almost been pushed in there mm. by an element of, OK, who else am I going to turn to? Because now Marcus Rashford's pulled out. He's a little bit of a slob, the way he looks. He's a great footballer, but he doesn't pull his socks up and stuff like that. Southgate is really about mm. the way people look. His personality is a little bit of a rebel, a little bit of a rebel that a caustic to some extent. And I think that Gareth Southgate is one of those that says, right, I want to know that I can rely on people. And quite frankly... Grealish at times, put the ability to one side, isn't someone you can always turn to and rely on. Now this is Steve McLaren, the former England manager and Manchester United assistant manager and Dutch expert Marcel van der Kran, both on The Breakfast Show with the wonderful Laura Woods and Ali McCoy. Talking about Donny van der Beek, not Beek, a lot of people say Beek, it's actually pronounced Beek. Anyway, have a listen to see if you can work out which one is Marcel and which one is Steve McLaren. Shiesh? I've watched him a few times and he is exactly like Frank Lampard in his heyday. Mm. Gets it in the box, scores, assists. His goal record, one in three, is, is fantastic, excellent. He's a little bit similar to Fernandez, but I think Fernandez has got that pass. That pass that Van der Beek, when he's in the box, Fernandes will pick him up. Manchester United didn't have that before. The only one I'd probably fear for, and it's a debate that's gone on for years, is Paul Pogba. Because you can't play Van der Beek as a controlling midfield player. He's got to be an 8 or a 10. Pogba at the moment is the 8. Fernandes is the 10. Manchester United hope to have lots of games, Champions League, etc. Rotation. All he knows, you need a strong squad. Maybe... Maybe uh, he's fitting um, three, three of them and two have to play every game. He still needs a controlling midfield player, but maybe because of Pogba's inconsistency, Oli wants more consistency there. And he's laying down the gauntlet 
for Pogba. At the present moment, no one's challenging Pogba in that eight position. Van der Beek will challenge him and he will challenge Fernandes. And you know, Ali, you need competition at the yeah. top, top level. You want to be a top, top squad. You need competition. You just can't be the lone striker, the number nine, and think, well, I'm going to play every week. That's a bad position to be in. And and I think that's what Van der Beek brings to, uh, to Manchester. I can't see him playing in a defensive midfield role. I think he... Uh, um, he, he wants to, to use his stamina, his energy. Uh, he likes to get into the box. I would say he's far more a, a player a bit like Frank Lampard was in his great days for Chelsea and England. And um, I think he, he would play probably with one more attacking midfielder and one holding midfielder, but it depends what Solskjaer has got in mind. If I compare where he's playing, in, um, where Donny van der Beek is playing in the Dutch national team, he plays there with Frankie de Jong as the mid, uh, holding midfielder and Gini Wijnaldum uh, as the other kind of attacking box-to-box uh, midfielders. Wijnaldum and Van der Beek are both very multifunctional players as we you know, see them here. And uh, maybe that would be a, a kind of a solution or a, it would work for Manchester United. But in another way, Donny is not really worried where he plays. Uh, I think he, he fits in. He's easygoing. Uh, he's not arrogant. Uh, he's a down-to-earth lad. And let's not forget, he might get a, a, a tip, one or, one, to, one or two, from his father-in-law, Dennis Burkamp, who's played a few games in the Premier League. Staying with Manchester United is Alex Crook, the transfer guru, with news on United's on-loan defender at Roma, Chris Smalling, and news of a potential signing at the back. Manchester United bracing themselves yeah. for a bid from Roma to keep Chris Smalling on a permanent deal. As you say, he did brilliantly there on loan last season. He earned the nickname Smaldini after the great Paolo Maldini. That's some compliment. <laughs> and yeah. it's TalkSport's understanding this lunchtime that Smalling would like to return to Italy. As we discussed yesterday, United eyeing uh, Dio Upamecano from RB Leipzig. So his first team chances at Old Trafford would appear to be limited. Yeah, like so many players, uh, Natalie, they go out there. I remember Sunis going out to, to Italy. It surprised a lot of people. But he said, no, I want to do it. Want to do it. Loved life out there. He was in Genoa with Sampdoria. I played mm. alongside hey, your Trevor. Pal, hey, Trevor. Trevor. Yeah. Trevor Francis. And and Smalling was the same. He, he There is not an aspect of life in Italy that he doesn't like, Alex. So it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? It does, and, and and I think, um, you know, he had a pretty torrid time towards the end of his Old Trafford spell, so I think it's nice for Smalling to feel loved again. There was talk earlier in the summer that perhaps Ole Gunnar Solskjaer could give him a second chance, a chance to revive his Old Trafford career, but they're in for Upa Meccano, and I think they're of the, of the belief now that if someone is willing to pay money for Chris Smalling, that would help fund their own activity. So again, we've, we've said it time and time again, this is one of those deals that would just seem to make sense for all parties. Now, after Marcus Rashford formed a task force with some of the UK's biggest food brands by trying to help reduce child food poverty, Simon Jordan told TalkSport that it's great the United Ford is using his experiences to help. perception of football is amongst a large proportion of people is that they are overindulged, over-pampered, over-paid yes. and underworked, and don't really care about anybody but themselves, right? There is a perception out there and that they are undereducated and spend most of their time in betting shops and golf courses. Now, some of that is true, right? But a lot of it is not. Footballers are not undereducated. They are aware. They are part of a bubble. And sometimes, as we've seen during the summer, when they don't want to help their own industry, they can be very, very self-motivated and very insular. But they also are now, they are 
whether we like it or not, and sometimes I don't, they are the modern-day rock stars now. They are the ones that a huge amount of influence, mm. huge amount of recognisability, mm. and how they use it to be beyond themselves is a component of, of, of an opportunity, but it's not an obligation. It's not changing their role, because their role is to be a professional footballer yeah, and be yeah. good at that. Now, England and Manchester United for Mason Greenwood has been speaking to TalkSport's Three Lions correspondent, Faye Carruthers, ahead of the Nations League games with Iceland and Denmark. He responded to how he deals with praise from the likes of Alan Shearer and Wayne Rooney, or Wazza, as we all call him. Yeah, obviously, it's, it's nice to hear them things, but um, it's all about staying focused and just proving your point on the pitch, really. But to hear things like that, obviously, off Wayne and obviously big United legend, it's it's amazing to hear. So, um, obviously, been watching him as a kid and stuff, so for him to be talking to me like that, it puts a smile on my face. Squaring it across to the edge of the area, oh, Greenwood oh. blasts Manchester United level. What a fantastic left-footed strike from Mason Greenwood, 14 for the season. What more can we say about this Manchester United youngster? Has that always been your ambition from, from, from a young age to lead the line for England? Yeah, obviously, like, who, who wouldn't want to, you know what I mean? Every young kid looks looks at the goal scorers, looks at the people, the flaring good players, but um, hopefully one day. Time now to hear from Andy Goldstein's Drive Time Show with me, Andy Goldstein, and one of my favourite people in the world, Jamie O'Hara, after England unveiled their new kit for the season. This is me and Jamie picking our greatest ever three lion shirt. He hits it right footed. Yes! Ah! David Beckham has scored. England have got the goal. And David Beckham is the saviour. And England are going to the World Cup finals after all. Incredible, incredible, unbelievable scenes here at Old Trafford. Oh, I don't believe it. This is the greatest game in the world, and that's the reason why. Now that's commentary. That is incredible. That is emotion there, isn't it? One of the most incredible moments I've ever witnessed as a football fan. What a moment. Do you remember? And he had about three or four, didn't he? And then Teddy Sheridan wanted to take it off him. Kept kept asking Kept asking, kept asking him, and he was, no, no, he believed in himself. He knew that that moment would come, and he produced to get us to a World Cup. And the shirt... When you're talking about shirts, that had the, cro- the St George's Cross in it, didn't it? The, no, it had. It was the line. It was the straight oh, it just line. Had the line down the bag. Straight down, straight down the, the the shorts, all white. I mean, that for me is the best England shirt. All white with the England. I like the plain shirts. Yeah, the plain shirts with a little bit of red on it. Yeah, the three lines badge to the left where it belongs, not in the middle. That for me is the shirt. That's your favourite England shirt of all that time. That is my favourite England shirt and probably my favourite England moment. Okay. It's a great shirt. It's a great moment. Here's mine. Already the French marking up. Man for man. Mariners on the near post. Butcher has pushed well forward. There's a header in there. And a great chance for the first goal. It's there. Brian Robson. Brian Robson, number 16. Counts there in the first minute. What a start for England. Amazing. So I've gone again back to 82, but this is the away kit. This is my favourite ever English shirt, the 1982 England Red away kit. Yeah, I think I know who you're talking that, about. At the time, Brian Robson scored the fastest ever World Cup goal. That was 27 seconds. Fastest now is Hassan Suka, just under 11 my seconds. My dad says Brian Robson was one of the best players he's ever seen. Without a doubt. Ever seen. Without a doubt. He doesn't, he doesn't get talked about as 
a, a real no, great... it doesn't. It doesn't. He was he was better than Roy Keane. Imagine that, better than Roy Keane. Scored more goals than Roy Keane. Yeah, was tough. I don't want to say more tough in the in the tackle, but up there. But just all round player was one. Mm. You talked about and rightly so. Gaza, the best player this country's produced. Bobby Ro- uh, Brian Robson's in that conversation. Yeah, no, my dad says he's my dad's favourite player. Yeah. And staying with England, this is Emil Heskey looking back at that famous 5-1 win against Germany 19 years ago today. Well, yesterday, if you're listening on Wednesday. Well, two days ago, if it's Thursday. Well, three days ago, of course, if it's Friday. Four, if it's Saturday. Five, if it's Sunday. Six, if it's Monday. Seven, if it's Tuesday. Eight, if it's, of course, Wednesday. Thirteen if it's the month. Fourteen if it's Tuesday. No, I see. I can only count to fourteen. And Scholes gets forward. He's got Heskey on for the pass. England are in again. It's Emil Heskey. It's five. It was amazing. Obviously, it didn't go go as uh, uh, get off to a great start, but um, by the end of it, it was. Uh, it was something um, everyone actually remembers exactly where they were when this, uh, uh, except for Mali, everyone remembers exactly <laughs> where they were when this when this game was being played. The thing is, we we had obviously it was Sven's first um, competitive game, wasn't it? So it was important in that way. I think it was their um, they had gone something like fifty five games or sixty games unbeaten at home. Um, so that was a tough one against us, but we just went out there knowing what we we were capable of doing. We had some great players, so yeah. uh, when it all clicks, you you know for yourself when it all clicks, it, anything's possible. This is Talksport Daily. Back now to Woodsy and Questy on the Breakfast Show. Here's cricketing legend Steve Harmison on Joe Root's omission from the England T20 squad and what it means for his career in the shortest format of the game. When I seen that, the headline, it, it, it alarmed me, it struck me, because I looked at the squad and I thought, and this is not a, a kick again at, at, at Joe Denley, but Joe Denley, Joe Root, no comparison really. But when I listened to what Ed Smith said, came away and understood why Joe Root's not in the team. Because the selectors have basically said, he's our England test captain, he's in the one-day squad, he's had a lot on his plate, he's had the birth of a, a second child before the first test series, he's then been in the bubble for 10 weeks. We don't believe Joe Root is in our first 11. So if he's not going to be in our first 11, I'm not going to have him around the, 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 the place for two and a half weeks. Let him go home and enjoy having some family time. Maybe he's going to play for Yorkshire a few games. So I understand that. If England are in a competition as in the World 2020, which was going to be supposedly in six or seven weeks' time, then I fully expected Joe Root to be in that squad because he is part of that 14 best players. So there was a headline, it was a, it was a show-stopping headline, which <coughs> I think a lot of people were going, hold on, scratching your heads. He is still one of our best 2020 players, but England don't believe he's in their best 11 at this moment in time. So they're, they're basically giving him two weeks off. Time now to hear from Danny Kelly and Danny Mills probably talking football, possibly the board de France if Danny Kelly gets his way again. Let's have a listen, shall we? Oh, please let it be football. England and Manchester City's current uh, right back uh, defender Kyle Walker has been speaking to Talk Sports England correspondent Faye Carruthers after being recalled back into the England squad. Faye asked Kyle how proud he felt to get that call. Yeah, I don't know if it was just pride or relief, you know, just to know that 
obviously the boss appreciates my work that I've been doing for Manchester City this season and he's brought me in for two, you know, very important games. After what happened in lockdown, do you feel almost as if Gareth Southgate's given you a bit of a reprieve? Obviously me and the boss spoke after the lockdown incidents and, you know, he assured me that we all make mistakes. Obviously mine was on a bigger scale and it gets magnified with me being in the public eye and a role model to young children growing up. So I have to take full responsibility for my actions, which I have done. But now I'm just moving on. I'm, I'm so happy to be here. It's lovely, you know, to see some of the lads again that you don't get to see. So regular trips, I've missed him dearly. Uh, even though I do play on the PlayStation with him, but, you know, just to see him and give him a fist pump, it's, it's been good. Gareth Southgate did say he wants to win and he just can't pick the best behaved 11. But do you now feel as if you just want to vindicate his decision and, and be the best player and person you can be to represent England? I think that's the standards that we set for ourselves as a team uh, and as a country after what we produced in the World Cup. Whatever you want to have thought we'd have got to a semi-finals in a World Cup, probably not. Uh, but I think that we changed the nation and how they perceive the England team now not just on the field, but off the field as well. So for me, it's, a, it's an honour and a privilege to be here finally after so long. And just hopefully I can produce the, the goods on the training pitch. It's like you're coming in for the first time again, really. And, you know, I've got the excitement and that buzz around me and I just want to, you know, impress. Calvin Phillips, who I think will probably get a chance because he is a true out-and-out holder midfield player. And I know it's in the Championship, but I've seen a lot of him. He's got all the attributes. Whether he's now can deliver that mentally, you know, and stand up to the the challenges and the media speculation and everything else that surrounds it, we will see. But I think he's got all the attributes to be that holding player. And I said before that if he has two or three good months at the start of the season, he will be the holding midfield player going into the Euros. Because how many holding midfield players do you know in the Premier League or you know wherever it might be that take corners, that take free kicks? You know, his range of passing, his delivery is exceptional. He likes to tackle. That's it for another podcast. You think, good work, I enjoyed that one. That was one of the best ones I've done today. Don't forget, I'm back at 4pm on Drive Time. I'm alongside Jermaine Pennant. And of course, there will be another one of these Andy Goldstein Talkful Daily podcasts out first thing in the morning. Press subscribe, etc., etc. Until then, be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from Talk Sport. The Talk Sport Daily podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk.